Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. That's right, across the world on the internet and around the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator, it is The Michael Duke Show, broadcasting live. You can pick us up at MichaelDukeShow.com, where the audio-only live stream, and of course, also on Facebook and YouTube and Twitch and, well, pretty much anywhere else. Don't forget the podcast as well. Podcasts are available each and every day. Um, on uh, CastBox and Stitcher and TuneIn Radio and Google Play and Apple Podcasts and, of course, on Spotify, my favorite. My favorite platform for that, Spotify. Hello and good morning to you. It is um, it is the Michael Duke Show, and it is the post-election edition of the post, post-announcement election edition of the day. Oh, man. Man, the weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth uh, that I heard uh, <clears throat> all yesterday afternoon. We finally get a chance to comment on it today, and we get to see. Um, I will be honest with you. Again, I was surprised. I said this the other day that um, I thought that this would more than likely uh, be Sarah Palin's race uh, based solely off the fact that I thought <clears> – <throat> Well, I guess I, that I thought people were smarter than they were. Um, not that not that uh, Palin was my candidate. Palin was my third choice on the ballot, and so uh, this was uh, you know. But I but I thought but I thought um, it, this is this is a very very interesting situation, and we're going to get down into the uh, we're going to get down into some of the details on it and talk a little bit about that. We'll get you some election uh, headlines and. The results, and then uh, in hour one later in this hour, we're going to be picking it up with uh, Sarah Vance, who is the uh, uh, GOP state rep down on the peninsula uh, in the Homer area in what is now District 6. She's going to be joining us here in just a little bit, used to be District 31. She's going to be talking with us about her campaign and her thoughts on what's going on in the state. And um, and we'll, we'll have that for hour one. Then in hour two, we will be joined. We'll be switching gears and going up, 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 up into the interior. And we'll be talking with Elijah Verhagen, who is the underdog candidate uh, up there for Senate District. Uh, I've already forgotten the number. Used to be Senate District B. <clears throat> no, Senate District A, rather. Sorry, Senate District A. And now it's uh, going to be uh, way down on the bottom of the list somewhere. I can't remember where it is. Uh, anyway, so it's up there in the interior. He's running against Click Bishop uh, up in the interior. So that's uh, that's where we're going right now. And uh, that's going to be hour two of the broadcast. Tomorrow is Firearms Friday. 
And so I'm looking forward to uh, looking forward to jumping into that and uh, letting the hair down a little bit, <clears throat> getting a little bit of therapy in there, talking about uh, guns and gun rights and uh, Second Amendment stuff. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna be we're gonna be on that uh, as well. And uh, what was the last thing? Oh, Monday. Monday is Labor Day. Monday's Labor Day, and we will be uh, on vacation for Labor Day. And so there will be alternate programming on all the stations and translators across the state for Monday. We will be returning to the airwaves on Tuesday. So. <clears throat> That is the uh, that is the uh, the answer, uh, and that's all the stuff you need to know for today. Uh, I suppose you need to know what the what the election results look like, and uh, ah, there we go. I we're gonna we're gonna get into it. You ready to do it? Okay, so um, here is the. Here is the uh, election outcome in case you've been living under a rock and missed it. Mary Peltola is now going to be the first uh, female and first Alaska native voted into Congress. It was announced yesterday by the Division of Elections at 4 p.m. that Peltola had succeeded in overcoming both Sarah Palin and Nick Begich. Uh uh, getting 51.5% of the vote, of the final vote in round two of the voting, leaving Sarah Palin with 48.5%. Um, this, and, and I got to tell you that this being the first ranked choice election in the state of Alaska, people are going to be picking through these results for a long time to come, um, simply because there's just, there's a lot. There's a lot of surprises here. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, of interesting nuggets to pull out of what came about here, um, and I want to kind of go over some of those things. Um, this was a race that I think, if I wanted to, and again, this is just guesswork on my part, just guesswork. But if I wanted to summate it down to one thing. I would say this is a prime example that Republicans in the state of Alaska, and I have a feeling that this is going to become a theme for me for a while, that Republicans in the state of Alaska just cannot learn fast enough. They cannot, they are not adaptable to certain circumstances and situations. And what I mean by that is Sarah Palin and Nick Baggage specifically have treated this election like a primary in many ways. They have treated this election as a primary because, you know, historically, you don't get two Republicans running against each other in a general election. And so... They treat, and this is something that we've talked about in the past. This is what we've talked about in the past, where Republicans have done this in the primary process, where you'll get a handful of Republicans in a primary, and they basically just annihilate one another, right? They, you know, they 
call they call each other dirty names and and uh, dirty so and sos and criticize policies and everything else. And then when the primary was over and one of them came out and reigned supreme, everybody's like, okay, well now we've got our candidate and now we can all kumbaya and back them. And even the opponents are like, yes, I'll vote for them. And it and and the problem is is that they have so bloodied the water by the time that they get to a general election that usually it it is it has weakened their position when they got to the general and had to face off against uh, another Democrat. Um, I mean, again, this is not the first time that we've talked about this this uh, effect of uh, you know basically going and you know you could say a lot of things about Democrats. You know, obviously, I don't agree with them philosophy. You know, philosophically, I don't. I mean, there's a lot of things going on there, but in the in the long run. When you when you look at this, you realize one thing that they do not do is they, generally speaking, don't go after each other hammer and tongs the way that Republicans have in the past, historically. That they are a, definitely more of a kind of a kumbaya kind of you know situation. And so the problem with this is that with ranked choice voting— there was a primary, obviously, and it was a pick one primary. But when we got to the general component of it, it was like Palin and Baggage continued to treat it like a primary. And they continued to just blast at each other all over the place. And in fact, even in the post-election roundup here, the ADN has got a big, a big chunk of coverage on this. Even in the post-election roundup, they continued to snipe and snark at each other. Here's from the ADN. The animus between Palin and Begich was on full display in the candidate forum held just moments before the results were announced. Begich attacked Palin for policy. She advanced at governor. Palin called him negative neck and said he's what's wrong with politics today. In a written statement after the results were out, Begich said the biggest lessons from the results is that a vote for Sarah Palin is in reality a vote for Mary Peltola. Which is not necessarily true because here's the here's the reality of it here's what actually happened when the votes were tabulated and all the ballots were in and they started the tabulation round it started off with 75,000 votes for Mary Peltola about 59,000 votes for Palin and about 53, 54,000 votes for Nick Baggage. So 40%, 31%, and 28%. So between Nick and Sarah, they had almost 60% of the vote. Now, that's round one. Nick Baggage is then eliminated because he has the lowest vote count. He was only behind by about 5,000 votes, by the way. But he has the lowest vote count. And so then they go to the second round of votes. Uh, what I found interesting here is that they didn't actually, that technically there should have been three rounds of votes because people who voted for it, like in my case, I voted for Chris By the Libertarian as number one, then Nick Baggage, then Sarah Palin. I did not rank Peltola. Okay. But what I find interesting is that that uh, Chris By, who was an official write-in candidate, that they're, they're actually was a first round where they eliminated all those votes and then moved them on. I'm assuming that my vote just didn't get obliterated because I voted for the writing candidate as number one. But they didn't account for that here in the 
thing. Anyway, <clears throat> so Nick Baggage's votes are then distributed. His second choice votes are then distributed to the candidates. Well, of his 53,000 votes, Sarah Palin got 27,000. But Mary Peltola got 15,400 of those votes. 28.7% of Baggage's second votes went to Mary Peltola. So when he is cited in the story as saying, well, a, a vote for her is a vote for Peltola, well, I don't know, a third of the time a vote for you is a vote for Peltola. This negative Nelly campaigning that they were doing against each other makes no sense whatsoever, and it flew directly in the face of what they were trying, what the what the uh, party was trying to do with this whole rank the red scenario. The most interesting thing about this is that uh, about twenty percent of the baggage voters, um, it was eleven thousand two hundred and twenty-two, were bullet voters. They voted only for baggage. And they didn't vote again. Now, again, going back to the numbers, in his second round of voting, 27,000 went to Sarah Palin and 15,400 went to Mary Peltola. If those 11,000 voters had voted for Palin, had decided to put a second-place vote in there for Palin, then Palin would have won the election. But we'll never know exactly what happened here. We'll never know that if people put baggage in uh, and, and didn't rank Palin because they didn't like her or they bought into the negativity or because they'd voted for baggage because they were confused by the baggage name and then they voted for Peltola because she was a Democrat. I don't know. You'll never know. But what we do know is that 11,000 voters were one and done and those votes could have made all the difference. So this is very interesting. Now, I don't think this is a sky is falling event. I mean, I saw a lot of weeping and lamentation and end of the world and Joe Biden will now be God Emperor and all this other kind of stuff that was going on. Remember, she's filling the seat for four months. Now, this does give her a leg up in the general election in November because she will be the quote-unquote incumbent. But this is a chance for Palin and Baggage to reassess their campaigns, to take a look at the formulas and the strategies that they're using to fight against the candidates, and to stop beating the crap out of each other and point out that we are running against Mary Peltola. Vote for me first and vote for that one second and don't rank Peltola. Or vote for her first and me second and don't rank Peltola. If that's what you want, if you want to defeat the Democratic candidate, you cannot continue to beat the P. Wadden out of each other and then go, just I mean, and even Sarah Palin, well, I'm, I'm going to rank Mary Peltola. And she made it sound like she was going to rank Mary Peltola second over Nick. You guys need to put your animosity aside if you're trying to run on a conservative platform and get a conservative in office. You've got to be willing to say, 
Vote number one for me, but if you don't want to vote for me, please vote for this one. But don't vote for the Democrat. I mean, this they are going to be picking this one apart for a long time. That's we're going to be we're going to be looking at this. It, we're going to be watching this. And surprisingly, of course, well, I, I just I don't, we, we don't have time. I got to go. We got to go. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to come back with Sarah, uh, Sarah Vance. Sorry, too many Sarah's in the room right now. Sarah Vance is going to be joining us. GOP State Rep from District 6. Talking about her campaign. Maybe we'll get her comment on this and the whole, man, will we learn? Will we learn what's going on? I don't know. I've been complaining about this for years that uh, Republicans just can't seem to figure out the strategy for not killing each other. All right, we got to go. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Well, I see Sarah Vance is in the chat room. Um, let me see. Uh, we're going to do it via telephone here. So Sarah's going to give me a call here in a second, or I guess maybe I'll just call her since I'm right here. Since I'm already right here and I have it right in my hot little hand, let's just do this, shall we? Let's just do this. Zero, seven, oh. two, nine, except, nine, seven, except three. Uh, they're not, uh, they're not uh, answering the phone. Oh, let's do this again here. Let's try this one more time. Uh, Try this one more time and see if we can, uh, hey, look at that. Hey, look at that. All right. Sarah Vance is uh, on the line with us. Good morning, Sarah. How are you? Good morning. Trying to stay awake. Uh, Trying to stay awake. I mean, come on. This is, I've had breakfast, 16 cups of coffee. I wrote a dissertation and I did everything else. This is just, this is mid-morning at this point. Come on, get with the program. Uh, Tell you what. (laughs) Tell you what, you just you give it. You've given a good sermon so far. Keep preaching. Well, I gotta tell you, I am. I'm just. I'm just disheartened by watching this because again, I have been talking about this factor specifically before ranked choice voting. I was talking about how the Republicans are doing themselves damage in every primary they get into, and then going to the general and and having to try and pretend to make up amongst each other's after they've been just viciously. Uh, you know, gut wrenchingly vicious to each other, and it's just it. The rhetoric is is it just it does not help anything. Uh, I and I don't know why. Uh, I don't know why uh, politicians think that it's okay that people. If you didn't want to hear people rip into each other, why would you think other people would want to hear you rip into somebody? It's just you know makes you want to turn the radio off when you hear those kind of ads and stuff like that. Um. Anyway, so how are you this morning? How, how are how are how are things in beautiful downtown Homer this morning? Doing great. I actually think it's not raining at this very moment. I don't know how long it'll last, but well, it's we've had more more rain than you can shake a stick at. Down oh here. man, it's been uh, we've had one sunshiny day 
in the last four weeks. It's been raining for almost four weeks solid at my house. Um, I mean, literally, it's it's either it's either a light sprinkle or it's a downpour. We had about three hours of sunlight on Sunday, and it's just been I like I said the other day. I keep waiting to look down the street and see two animals, two by two, and a big boat somewhere down the street. That's what I'm I keep looking <laughs> for. So, um, all right, uh, we're going to uh, we're going to jump into this in just a second, Sarah. So I'm going to put you back on hold here, and you can hear me, but I can't hear you. So enjoy the 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 virtual donuts and coffee while I go back and look at all the comments real quick before I get here. Um, so you voted for Peltola over Palin. No, as I said, I voted for Chris by, and then I voted for baggage and then I voted for Palin. Are you going to Homer, Michael? I don't know. Probably not. Um, I would love to, but it's winter in case you hadn't seen this labor day marks the beginning of winter. And I've got a list that's longer than I mean, it's, it's long. Uh, this is pure Bert Stedman, says Bill. The bullheaded stubbornness by refusing to rank both Sarah and Nick is going to cause Peltol to be our rep for the next two years. Well, it's uh, it's definitely a wake-up call. I'll say that for you. If this outcome is even legitimate, one-third of Vegas supporters voted for Peltola over Palin. That's the only way Peltola can get over 50% of this. I just said that. That's exactly what happened. And I'm not sure why. Either they voted for Peltola because they thought Begic was a Democrat, or they voted for Peltola because they hated Sarah Palin. I mean, she does have a three out of five negative rating. Three out of five Alaskans rated her as a negative. Uh, She's got a lot of baggage going on. Um... This is why Rank the Red is a dumb system. A lot of talk show people talk smack also, Mr. Dukes. Um, well, I, I guess. I'm not, I am not. I have a habit of not attacking people directly. I will talk, talk about people's policies, but I try not to attack them directly. Um, Nick got a Democrat elected. Uncle Mark should be proud. Uh, good morning, good morning, good morning. All right, I'm not going to make it all the way through. All right, we get to get jump into it. Sarah Vance is our guest, the Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Like a chair, like a chair. Let's go. All right, <clears throat> we're ready to do it. Jump right in, shall we? We're going to talk right now with Sarah Vance, GOP state rep from what is now District 6, down on the peninsula in Homer. And she joins us this morning to discuss, well, the uh, uh, the campaigning, the elections. Uh, she just said she heard my diatribe this morning and said I was on a roll. Uh, so let's start, I guess let's start there. Sarah, am I wrong? I mean, am I wrong that this is part of the problem? I mean, we had two legitimate big name Republicans in the race and a, you know, relatively unknown Democrat. And yet in the end, this is where we end up. I mean, am I wrong in my, uh, in my, you know, assertion that this is a problem with Republicans in general is that they're just not learning and adapting fast enough. Well, I'm going to I'm going to agree with you, Michael, that um, we need to figure out who the enemy is. And stop shooting each other. 
we've been saying this for a long time mm-hmm. and we wonder why we aren't winning in the in the way that that we should we see it in the house uh, of representatives in in a lot the state house right where we should have had republicans but we spent so much time shooting each other that we just can't get along in the sandbox right same right. same scenario because there's too many hurt feelings and you know, we're we're going to have to get that figured out. I have it going on in my Senate race down in my district of a Republican shooting at the wrong Republican, the one who's trying to give true representation. Right. And frankly, it's disgusting. Just like grow up already is what I want to tell people. Right. I know I'm going to step on some toes here, but we can stand on our principles, run a strong campaign and not be a jerk. Right. Well, and I, and I think that this is, you know, again, this is our first election that has taken place with ranked choice voting. And I think you're seeing something here when you look at this, especially when you have like, you know, two of one party and one of another. And if the two of one party are in this case, Republicans, which have a habitual, uh, uh, you know, they, they habitually, they, they basically take their primary tactics into the general of snipe, snipe, snipe. The only way I can get ahead is to basically cut the other one down. Then they realize that this is what happens. Either people don't vote. It's a bullet vote. Again, 11,000 voters voted for one candidate and quit. Um, or they're frustrated or they're just kind of middle of the rotors and they, or they didn't like one of the candidates. And so, I mean, this, like I said, this is going to be analyzed for a long time. There's a lot of factors in this race, but it was shocking to me that see the 20% of the voters just basically voted one and done. And maybe that's a factor of not understanding. Maybe that's just frustration. Maybe it was, um, a way to rebel against the rank choice system. I don't know, but this is where we ended up. And and if we had stopped, if if conservatives had stopped circling the wagons and shooting inward a long time ago, this probably would not have happened, in my opinion. I agree. I agree. The good news is, actually, before I go on to the good news, I would like to give kudos out to uh, Governor Dunleavy and uh, Borough Mayor Charlie Pierce, because they've not done that. They've said, hey, I'm going to rank the other guy because we have to rank red in right. order to win this. And they pointed at Walker and Garrett and their failed policies and said, we don't want that kind of leadership over Alaska. We want a Republican. We want a conservative who's going to keep us open for business, who's not going to sell us out to China, who's going to uh, pass stronger crime laws, you know, and they have it figured out. And I think we need to stop for just that little moment and recognize that. And and this is the message to the two of them. Keep going in that direction. Right. Don't turn on each other now. Uh, that's been the refreshing part uh, that that they haven't done that. I hope it stays that way because people are. They we haven't seen a lot of action. In right. the governor's race, because all the attention's been on the congressional. Right. Um, but obviously, that's going to shift now. So the good news is, is that this was a primer. We get to we get to have a do over in November, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And like I said, I mean, I did see a lot of. Uh, um, I just happened to scroll through social media about five thirty last night, which I normally don't do. But man, there was a lot of the sky is falling and and we're all doomed kind of thing. And all I could think of was, first of all, one, 
we have one congressman or woman at this point. Uh, two, it's a temporary four-month position. Now, it does give her a leg up as the incumbent for fundraising and many other reasons, but this is could be a temporary situation. If the two sides of the other campaign get together and figure it out uh, and stop killing each other, one of them's got a good chance of making it in the end. Now, the, I know that I saw Palin's people were calling for baggage to drop out and yada, 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 but... I mean, <clears throat> let's get let's get real. I don't think that that's going to happen. I think that there's too many egos involved for that to happen. But what we need to do is make sure that we say, like I said before, and just like you said in the governor's race, vote for me first, vote for him second, vote for her, vote for her first, vote for me second. But whatever you do, vote us one and two, and don't rank the third one. I mean, that's that's kind of the message that needs to come out of this, and um, it's going to be. Well, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see if they can learn in the next two months to figure this out. Yes. And, you know, I I have asked uh, I'm going to be conducting more understanding ranked choice voting in my district. Uh, I've asked Sarah Erkman Ward to come down again at the end of September, and I'm going to try to hit uh, Kasilov, Nanilchik, Anchor Point, Homer, Soldovia, so that you can come and understand the rank. And in the ballot, we're going to have sample ballots uh, if they're available by then. I'm, I'm assuming that they will be so that you can see what you're walking into, because that's half the battle right there is just knowing what the ballot looks like and where your candidates are, that whole thing. Uh, you know, reach out to your local uh, representative at, or your your Republican candidate and say, do you know of any good ranked choice voting training going on? Because a lot of people are still overwhelmed when they, when they go to the ballot box. The other thing that I learned is that you can take your sample ballot with you. Like you, you've written out your script and be like, this is what I'm going to do. Fold it up in your pocket, stick it in your purse, and you can take it into the ballot box, pull it out and go, okay, yeah, this is what I was going to do. Because we all get that ballot that voter anxiety when we go to the polls mm-hmm. and we we're like, Oh, I don't want to take too long. Cause there's a lot of people in line and everybody's watching. And, and if you take your script in there, then you're going to execute it properly. Well thought out. Right. And, and that's something that a lot of people don't know. Now you can't wave it around. You have to keep it private, uh, <laughs> but that will help. And if, and let people know if you have a sample ballot that has the, Republican, the conservative endorsed uh, candidates, share that with your friends, especially uh, your your elders, those who don't have English as a first language. You know, um, this these are the people who who want that extra confidence to be able to go vote. Right. And we need everybody to show up in the at the November election and and really make your voice heard. Don't give up. Just we have to play the game in order to win. That's the thing. Uh, you can't just disdain the game and figure it's going to work out all right. You can't just not pay attention and then figure out that it's just going to work out for the best. Because, again, as we've said a million times, government is what happens to you when you're not paying attention. <laughs> 
Um, Sarah Vance is our guest, GOP state rep from District 6. Uh, Sarah, um, <clears throat> sorry we've taken so much time just on the results of this, but I think a lot of people are, are shocked. I think a lot of people are frustrated and confused. And like I said, this the, there'll be a lot of analysis on why this happened. We won't ever really know, but there'll be a lot of speculation, just like we speculated this morning on what happened. Uh, but your race, of course, down on the peninsula is a very important one for many people uh, who live down there in Homer or who have adopted Homer as their hometown. Um, and uh, and I think it's uh, it's important to hear what's going on down there. So quickly here before we go to break, give me a quick synopsis. What are you hearing out on the on the road, on the trail? I mean, specifically rank choice voting or people understanding it, uh, the budget, the PFD. Give us, you know, what are your constituents telling you as you go around and talk to them there down there in the new District 6? Uh, people are asking you, when can we get a, rid of rank choice voting? <laughs> I think that's probably a valid question. Uh, here's my question. Did you find anybody that voted for ranked choice voting, not understanding what it actually did? Uh, yes. Uh, a few people have said I didn't realize that it right. would completely change our election system. They thought they because were just getting rid of, get rid of dark money. Dark money. Dark money. That's what it was all about, right? That's what they thought they were doing. They thought they were getting rid of dark money, not realizing they were upending the whole voting system. Exactly. And the good news is, uh, come February, the legislature can begin repealing ranked choice voting. And that is one of my top priorities. Well, I think that that would not be uh, I don't think that that would be a bad thing, quite honestly. I know Mike Shower's got a bill that he's working on to try and do the same thing uh, when he returns. And and I think there's been several others who've said the same thing. Um, I think it's probably time to uh, to to get over this. Um, and, uh, and I hope that more people hear about it. We're going to go to break. And when we come back, we'll talk more about policies and the PFD and the budget and the con con Sarah Vance is our guest, uh, GOP, uh, state representative and a candidate for reelection in district six, which was district 31. And we're going to continue with her in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke show continues. You're home for common sense. Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. All right, we're in the break right now. Sarah Vance with us as our guest. Uh, let's see if there's any questions for Sarah in the chat room. Uh, Gary on YouTube says it's important for all Alaskans for Sarah to win her race. She brings a lot to the uh, Juno table as a great conservative. I would not disagree with that. I'd seen this. Oh, thanks, Gary. I'd seen this quote before, but I think that this is. <laughs> I think Gary or uh, Mike uh, Chambers says, Art Chance said it best. Alaska has two parties, the evil party and the stupid party. And sometimes I feel that way. I just feel like, come on, people. Can you just can you just get it together? Uh, so frustrating to see what's going on. Uh, here's a good question from Barbara, uh, Sarah. Will a legislature that won with ranked choice voting repeal ranked choice voting? 
Um, I guess it all depends on who ends up in the seats come January the 17th, right? Indeed. I mean, that's that's going to be that's going to be the important. If you got a bunch of changes come in and you got a bunch of players in there who are more the business as usual, grow government crowd, then probably not. They're probably not going to be interested in that rank choice voting change. They're going to want to leave things exactly the way that it is. Uh, Ron Gillum's in the chat room. He said he, too, has drafted a bill to repeal rank choice voting. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of resistance to uh, uh, to people wanting to continue this if we get the right um, uh, mix of conservatives back in the uh, back in the mix. Um, okay, I'm just looking here. Um, Richard says only 188,000 people voted. We must push people to vote. I mean, it was still a pretty significant voter turnout in the long run, with most of them uh, up into the 20 and 30 percentile range for a primary, which is pretty darn good. One of the higher turnouts, in fact. The question is, uh, what happens with the uh, with the general? Uh, will people be frustrated enough by the time the general rolls around to actually uh, make a difference? Um, more people, most people are still confused. Only those very active take the time to learn how it works. Ranked choice voting, I think, is what Tony's talking about there. Um, all right. Uh, I don't see any questions specifically for Sarah. Um, uh, the only way to get there, says Hawk, is by people ranking the red. If things remain the same, that I think ranked choice voting might be here to stay for a while. Um, so it's uh, it's good stuff. And and uh, I guess my final comment before I go to Sarah is Kevin McCabe says a vote is not a valentine. It does not express love for a candidate. It's a chess move for the world you want to live in. And I think that is pretty appropriate because I think that's what we saw here. We saw a lot of emotion uh, in this where people just didn't like Sarah or they just didn't like Nick or whatever it was. And they couldn't think beyond the emotion of, which is what we accuse the left of a lot, right? We accuse the left of, you know, feelings, not facts. Uh, But they just couldn't think beyond the fact that they dislike. I mean, I, Sarah Palin would not have been my choice at all, but I still ranked her because I did not want Mary Peltola to win. Um, so you've got to kind of get over that. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting stuff. Um, all right, Sarah, um, I guess overall, how, how are you feeling so far about your race and what are you seeing right now on the ground? Um, I, uh, um, I did hear from your opponent, uh, he wanted to get on the program this next week, so we'll probably have him on the program next week, but what are you, what are you hearing and seeing on the ground? Give us a little bit of a behind the scenes tease here before we jump back onto the radio. Uh, well, I'm, you know, my, my people tell me, oh yeah, you're a total shoe in you'll be fine. But I tell them never underestimate the opposition. And right. my opposition has been very quiet on where he stands on policy. So he's being elected on being a nice guy. But the fact is, is that he worked for Paul Seaton for 10 years in the legislature. And he previously uh, worked for the Alaska Center for the Environment, which is one of the most leftist environmental groups in the state that wants to prevent responsible resource development. Right. He's a very nice man. He truly is. He's been campaigning clean. He's been campaigning so quiet that people don't know where he stands on the policies. Right. And that's where we really have to nail down that he's not going to represent the worldview of our district. 
Right. Well, and again, talking about what people have done in the past and their past policies is not an attack. I mean, again, I've met uh, a lot of people that I've been philosophically opposed to that are some of the nicest people. We just don't agree on policy. And I think we can point out the differences again, as you just did, point out the differences without running people down through the mud. I think that's a uh, I think that's a good thing. So uh, I I I agree uh, 100 percent. Uh, with that one. All right, we're uh, 40 seconds out, Sarah, so hold on here. Let's jump back into it. We got a bunch of folks in the various chat rooms this morning. If you folks on Facebook would do me a favor, and I've asked this and I've asked this, but I'm going to keep asking it until I hit 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. If you're on Facebook this morning, would you go over to YouTube, subscribe and ring the bell on YouTube, and then you can come right back to Facebook if you like Facebook better. And I know some people do. That's fine. There's no limitation on how much you can type and blah, blah, blah. But I need to get 1,000 subscribers. Ow. 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. And so if you guys can help me out with that, I would be in your debt. So run on over. Get it done. Let's get back to it. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Welcome back to the program. Continuing with Sarah Vance, GOP state rep from District 6. She is joining us this morning to talk about the campaign. And we were just talking about, uh, you know, how the campaign's going. She gave us a little bit of a sneak peek. But let's uh, let's just see what uh, let's see what she has to say. She was saying that, of course, you know, everybody that supports her says, oh, Sarah, you've got this in the bag. But it's one of those things where you've got to work like it depends on you and, you know, pray like it depends on him. And, you know, I mean, all those kind of things. You've got to go out there and work this. You've got to push through the finish line, right? You can't coast into anything at this point. Oh, absolutely. There's there is a lot of work to do, uh, you know, in the next two months and making sure that, number one, people make it to the polls. We were just talking about that, uh, you know, previously that we have to get people out in November. And that's something that you can't leave up to the candidates. I'm going to rely on um, all of your listeners, every one of you, making sure that your friends, family, neighbors uh, feel confident about ranking ranking the red and going to the polls that is the surefire way for us to win and i can't do that without you yeah no you got to have the support and and i can't tell you you know we've seen this before uh, i can't remember if it was ivan moore or somebody on the congressional race said like you know sarah palin could phone it in from the couch and 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 probably win but we saw what happened there was not a lot of campaigning going on in state and, uh, and, you know, you can't just coast in on name recognition or, or past performance. You've got to continue to work it. You've got to push all the way through the ribbon. Uh, you know, I always remember those runners that bow their chest out as they push through, whether they got somebody on their heels or not, uh, because they're pushing through that finish line. You've got to push through the finish line every time. Yes. And, um, you know, it's, it's an interesting climate right now because there's so much going on. But um, connecting with people is just the best way to do it. So I've been trying to be here, there, and everywhere, and also, uh, you know, take care of my family and give them the, the time that they need, as well as as working on my legislative duties. And that's something that people forget is that 
uh, I still have a job to do because I, I really care about governing. And I, I've always felt that if I'm doing a good job governing, uh, then I won't have to work as hard in the campaign because people will already know that I'm fighting for them. So I'm trying to do two things at one time right now. Right, right. Well, and again, I guess the argument goes for anybody who holds a job and runs for office. They've got they've got to split their focus and we've all got to keep doing it and uh, do whatever we need to do to get things rolling on. Let's talk a little bit about policy now. Um, obviously, uh, I, I just ask you, you know, what your constituents are saying. What's their biggest concern right now? I mean, you mentioned ranked choice voting. Um, I, I have spoken to several candidates that said that has become a big topic of concern for their constituents. And I think in some cases it's pushed the PFD down into number two or maybe even number three behind budgets and everything else. But what are what are the main concerns from your constituencies and what are you saying to them to address those issues? Well, the first thing people say to me is, when can we get rid of ranked choice voting? And <laughs> So it is on their mind, obviously, as a number one issue. Oh, yes. And and especially now, right? I think I think now people are highlighting, oh, my goodness, what 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 do we have here? But also just the the sheer confusion of I had people thinking that I had already won the race because of the primary that I got more than 50 percent and they thought I was done. And I said, no, 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 we still have a race in November. And, and this whole new system has people just spinning on their heels. And uh, I tell them February is, is technically the two-year mark that the legislature can begin the repeal process. People are still thinking that because it came through a ballot measure that they have to do that process again. And that's, that's right. simply not true. The legislature has the authority after two years to be able to repeal ranked choice voting. And that is uh, one of my top priorities, along with the other election reform that we've been working on for several years. Right. Uh, most people don't realize that come January 1st, that two-year moratorium is over and the legislature can tackle this, take it on as a whole, change parts of it, piecemeal it, or do the whole thing, whole kit and caboodle. It can be repealed uh, one way or the other. Uh, and I think people, I think people do forget about that. Um, what about, uh, you know, what about the, the, the size and scope of government, the PFD, uh, you know, spending cap, um, is, is that second, third, where does that fall on the, I mean, I know what's important to me, but I mean, what is it, where does it fall on the list for the rest of your constituency? You know, I think that's something that always is important, uh, but it hasn't been the top of their mind. Uh, obviously the economy and just being able to pay their bills, you know, is, uh, is where people are and, and they're seeing the connection now of, wait a minute, if we don't have a sure voting system where I'm confident that one person, one vote, then, then my hope in the economy being repaired is lost. And, and that's why I think the, the ranked choice voting has kind of been the number one, uh, topic, but then also the dividend because of that connection to the economy and that people just need it so desperately right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm just being able to, to, you know, pay, fill up their gas tank, make sure they heat their homes and the price of groceries. Uh, I was at a, a, we had a going away party for my daughter last night and the conversation among all of the adults was groceries, uh, groceries and politics. <laughs> and, and we stopped and laughed for a moment uh, because 
of all the great conversation we could have been having, that was what we were discussing is what, what grocery store has the best price of meat? Are there, are, is there food on the shelf right now? Because in Homer, our Safeway just doesn't have food on the shelves. Is it, is it worth it to drive to Soldana, to Anchorage, to be able to get these better prices? Right. And I know that so many other Alaskans are having this exact same conversation. Right. No, it's been interesting. I mean, ever since the pandemic began, you know, sometimes it's a crapshoot to walk into a grocery store to see whether or not there's something on the shelf. Uh, obviously not as bad now as it was, especially early on. But, uh, you know, the supply chain is still very fragile. And on top of that, then you add inflation and the scarcity of some of these products drives the price up even more. And uh, again, it goes back to that uh, James Carville thing. It's the economy, stupid. That's what people are worried about because that's what they see and they think about every day as they, you know, go through their checkbook or go buy gas or go get groceries on the way home. It's uh, it's top of the mind for sure. Yes. Uh, and, and that's one of the distinguishing factors between me and my opponent is that um, I recognize that. I feel that as my family. And I have consistently voted for a full historical statutory dividend and will continue to do so because I believe in it. And um, that's something that that my opponent needs to be pressed on. He's not revealing what his intentions are. Mine are people first. Right. Well, and I think, again, a full statutory PFD would go a long way to fixing the economic woes. That would put an additional billion dollars into the economy, the private economy, um, which is antithetical to some of the feelings from people who are in power right now. It seems that they want to protect the public economy at all costs, thinking that somehow that is the highest priority in the state. Um, uh, you know, that that needs to be fed and kept, kept well fed over everything else. And that's a bigger part of the problem, which leads me to the question of, um, you know, a constitutional convention, because a lot of people have argued that that's really because there's no political will to fix a lot of these things, that that is the only way to really fix the problems that we have right now. What's your feeling on the CONCON? I have mixed feelings on the CONCON, uh, and, and I'll explain why. Number one, the people have the authority to change the legislature in November. Right. You have it within your hands. You're going to elect the legislators the same way that you're going to elect convention delegates. Same way. Uh, All political power is inherent in the will of the people. Now, we understand that there's a big cabal in the legislature. Uh, that's that's been hard to overcome because we have some people who've been there since the beginning of time. Right. Uh, obviously, we have to see, keep working at that. Um, but do you feel that you can control the narrative right now, especially in light of this recent um, ranked choice voting system, how it got here, and the fact that we couldn't get our conservative uh, conservative voters all in agreement towards towards one thing. Keep your eye on the prize. Right. It was hard for us to do that. Can we do that when it comes to opening up our entire constitution? You don't feel you don't feel. Uh, I mean, again, you're you're mentioning the the rank choice thing because again, the final stop in any constitutional convention, of course, is that any change has to go before the voters uh, and the will of the people. But you're afraid due to the the rank choice voting vote that you think that they could be swayed. I got about just over a minute and a half here. 
I do feel that uh, we were recently swayed in ballot measure two, where we thought it was uh, getting doing away with dark money when it was entirely dark money, outside money, who funded that ballot proposition right. and slid the ranked choice voting into the system that completely um, changed the way that we elect um, our our officials. And, you know, the the left seems to have limitless outside money to come pouring in to guide voters in in the direction that they want them to go. And we just haven't put up that money. Uh, final thoughts, Sarah Vance here, about 40 seconds here to give us your quick elevator pitch before we, uh, before we go off uh, for hour two. I, it may sound like I'm opposed to the Constitution Convention, but I'm not. I want to empower the people and I I will say this is your decision and I will always choose to empower the people and make your government more localized and put it in your hands as much as possible. But I want us to be sober-minded about this decision. All right, Sarah Vance, uh, rep for District 6, running for re-election. You could find her at sarahvance.org. Uh, Sarah, thanks for coming on. Hold the line for just a second. Folks, we got more coming up. Elijah Verhagen in an hour two, The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Sarah, here's your final bite at the apple in case we didn't hit on something that you wanted to hit on. Uh, I'd love to hear what uh, your thoughts are here as we wrap up. We've got about uh, two and a half minutes here before we got to go and pick up the uh, the stream with Elijah here. Well, that was the fastest hour, I think, <laughs> Every that time. we've ever had. It is the fastest uh, two hours in radio. I get, I'm going to trademark that. It is the fastest two hours in radio for sure. Well, it's always a joy to be on. Obviously, we need to we need to continue this conversation because, uh, you know, I've told people that I I'm more inclined to vote yes for the constitutional convention because there's a lot of um, positives and I want to empower the people. But wow, I'm I'm super cautious and uh, and feel that this is a weighty decision. But like you said, reach out to me, follow my Facebook pages at Vote Sarah Vance and also Rep Sarah Vance if you want to keep updated on what I'm doing uh, as far as government relations go. Um, please reach out to me. You know, let's get connected. I need your help. All right. Well, we need to make sure that Sarah gets back into the house. And so uh, if you can, go to her website, sarahvance.org. Uh, drop a few bucks in the kitty, get a sign, uh, volunteer to wave signs, uh, time and money and treasure. That's what it takes to get uh, back into office. And uh, we need to see Sarah Vance get back in there as well. She's uh, got my uh, got my support. So uh, go out there and uh, and get it done. Hey, keep working, Sarah. Keep working it. And uh, and we'll uh, stay in touch. OK. All right. Thanks, Michael. Thank you so much for calling in and joining us this morning. We appreciate it. Sarah Vance, our guest here uh, on The Michael Duke Show. Okay. Uh, we are coming into it here um, for the second hour. We've got Elijah Verhagen. Uh, he's going to be coming on board here in just a moment. Um, he's got the he's got the link for the uh, he's got the link for it this morning. And uh, we're going to see him pop into the green room here in just a minute, and we will uh, continue on. Um, the only way the PFD will be protected and saved is a con con. 
Um, I think the legislature has given us ample evidence, says Michael. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that that is, uh, although I did receive a message uh, that says uh, to remind people that the outside money so far, for those that are worried about outside dark money, the uh, the outside money so far is on the no side of the con-con. They're going to try and head it off. Now, that doesn't mean that they won't, uh, that doesn't mean that they won't then shift that focus if the con-con does pass. It doesn't mean that they won't shift that focus to fighting over issues that they are concerned about and and putting that dark money to work in those areas. But so far, uh, the outside money is uh, is on the side of the no to the con-con. So it'll be an interesting thing. I see that <clears throat> there's also been a couple comments here, and I can't see the whole thread right this second. Um, but I see that uh, Jerrica has talked about in the chat room uh, that if all of the blue are only ranking one candidate and half or more of the independent libertarians are ranking blue as a first or second choice, the red is ranking three plus, the blue will always take the – she was advocating that we need to get behind one candidate and not rank – again, I think this is part of the problem though, Jerrica, is this is how this happened, that um, – because Jerrica said the only way we can win is to unify behind a single candidate. Ranking red won't work if blue only has one candidate. I disagree. Uh, what you need to do is get more of those people to vote for more than one candidate. Again, 11,000 voters on the baggage side were bullet voters. They only voted for baggage and that was it. If they had voted for Palin as their second choice, you know, as the other Republican, if they had ranked the red in that regard – then Sarah Palin would be the congresswoman. That 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 that's the bottom line. You the, what we need to stop is the bullet voting, which I see that Matt's been calling suicide voters, one and done. Um, we need to stop the bullet voting. You have to rank all the. It's like again in the governor's race, you can vote for Charlie Pierce as number one. Just make sure you vote for Dunleavy as number two. You can vote for Dunleavy as number one. Just make sure you rank Charlie Pierce as number two. Whatever it is, we need to be ranking every conservative, um, every conservative uh, candidate that's available. Uh, it's like, I mean, like I said, that's why I voted for Chris Bayh and then Baggage and then Palin. I ranked those three. I did not rank Peltola. So there you go. Um, let me go back up here. Uh, and see what, uh, what else you guys have got to say here. Um, uh, Jerrica says she agrees with that, but that will only ever happen if voters actually take the time to understand how to vote and research every candidate. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, that should be, whether it's ranked choice voting or not, that should be the thing. They should research every candidate, but you and I both know that the average voter, um, the, 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 the average voter probably doesn't research, even before ranked choice voting, they weren't researching the candidates. They were going in, looking for the candidate that has the number or the label next to their name that they have identified with in a party for many years, and they pull the trigger on that one. Many of them are not paying that close of attention. The folks in this chat room, the folks who are listening to this show, are super voters. They they are plugged in. That's what they do. But the average voter is they don't understand half the stuff that you understand. That's what's going on there. Um, all right. Uh, looks like we've got uh, Elijah Verhagen uh, on the uh, in the green room right now. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. 
How are you? Good, good. All right, I'm going to put you back on hold. Don't go anywhere. I just want to make sure that the audio is working. We're going to be back to you here in a second. He is in the green room drinking my virtual coffee, eating my virtual donuts. Do not eat the ones with the sprinkles. Those are mine. All right, we're going to be uh, we're going to be back here in just a moment. It's time to uh, kick things off for hour two. And we will continue the Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Back with more and Elijah Verhagen in just a second. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. That's right, across the world on the internet at uh, MichaelDukeShow.com for the audio-only stream. Also on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. I mean, we're out there. You can see my beautiful bearded face. That's not really true. Uh, I mean, it is a bearded face. It's not really beautiful, though. You can see it every day right here on the program as we simulcast live out there. Don't forget, you can also pick us up on the podcast, which is available wherever you find good podcasts, including Spotify. And, uh, of course, broadcasting live across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or translator. A couple quick uh, housekeeping things before we jump into it with our first guest, uh, well, our second guest for the day, but our first guest for this hour. In fact, the only guest for this hour. Elijah Verhagen is going to be joining us here in just a few moments. Uh, first and foremost, though, I did want to make an announcement. We forgot to do this yesterday when we had Frank Tomaszewski on the program. Uh, there's going to be a meet and greet. Uh, on Friday from 5.30 to 7.30 at uh, 885 Old Richardson Highway, you're going to get a chance to meet both Frank Tomaszewski and Senator Rob Myers. They're going to be speaking, uh, and that is going to be going on again Friday, uh, tomorrow, 5.30 to 7 at 885 Old Richardson Highway. It's uh, one mile south of the Salcha School on the Old Rich. And you can go out and see those folks there. I meant to ask Frank about that yesterday, uh, and I did not. So there you go. That's the that's the the little hook for Frank and for Rob Myers as well tomorrow night from 5.30 to 7. Also a reminder on Monday, it is Labor Day, and we will not be here on the program on Monday. You will be experiencing alternative programming on Monday because I will be asleep on vacation. And then we will be returning to the show on Tuesday. I know I say that every time that I'm on vacation that I'm going to be sleeping, but you don't realize how much I actually like. I don't like to get up in the mornings. That's the thing. I'm not a morning person like I used to be when I was younger. Uh, that changed a long time ago. So 
It'll be nice. I'll be asleep. It'll be all good. All right. Uh, we're going to be jumping into this now and getting uh, into more discussions about the state, the legislature, policies, and elections. Uh, our guest this morning is Elijah Verhagen, who is the candidate uh, for the uh, Senate district up in the interior. It used to be Senate District A, and I've already forgotten what the new Senate district is for it. So I'm sure Elijah will let us know. He joins us this morning. Good morning, my friend. How are you doing today? Good. Thanks for having me on again, Michael. Well, I appreciate it. And it's district, it's Senate District R. Senate District R. Okay. I knew that. Right. I we'll just pretend that I knew that right off the bat. Okay. We'll we'll just pretend that I was all on in the know on that. Um, all right. Um <clears throat> so Elijah, first things first, this is this first chance that you and I have gotten a, a, a time to talk about um the results of the election so i guess first and foremost um your thoughts and your uh, your reaction to the initial uh, primary results for your district um it was a pretty significant um a pretty significant uh, jump um and a pretty significant uh, lift for you to get where you need to be uh, 57% of the vote for click 25% for you uh, let's get your first reaction and see what you uh, what you have to say at this point. Sure. So um, the night of, I was at a Senate, Senate fundraiser down in Anchorage when I saw we all saw the numbers coming in, and I was a little bit bummed at first. I was like, "Ah, oh, shucks," you know. Um, however, the more I've been thinking about it, I'm like, "Wow!" And you know, I I wasn't planning on running, and so I jumped in right before the deadline, you know, June first. So in a, just a little under two months, or just a little over two months, I was able to go from a very little name recognition and uh, comparatively um, to, to my opponent. And, you know, within that short amount of time, I was able to, you know, gain now that the dust is settled and the, the final, you know, votes have been uh, counted and absentees, I'm right around tw uh, just under 2,500 votes. And uh, I think that's actually pretty significant when I don't have the 10 years as a senator plus the six years as a commissioner name recognition that my opponent has. And then also I don't have the arsenal of special interest money that he has. Um, he had raised in that amount of time um, 76 grand. Um, and most of that, if you look at the APOC report, most of that is not from the district. In fact, right. most of it is special interest money, um, which is very alarming to many people in my district. Uh, whereas almost all of my money has come from the people in my district and uh, those that support me. So, you know, when I started thinking about it that way, I was like, you know, this was kind of just a poll for me. And uh, I'm grateful that now I know where to focus my efforts. Um, I did win in several areas, Delta, um, Toke, um, Dry Creek area. And and so I was grateful for that. But now it... it um, it helps me re realize where to, you know, really focus. Fairbanks, uh, I just don't have the name recognition yet that my opponent has. And so, you know, looking at it in that light, I actually think I did pretty good. And uh, and so if I could, you know, close the gap between now and um, November 8th, I, I do think that there's a, a path to victory. And so um, I have been working like crazy ever since. Um, I have uh, organized groups on uh, Facebook of volunteers throughout this huge district, people that are willing to go door knocking, uh, give out flyers. 
I have been going door knocking like crazy in Fairbanks area. Um, I'm just going to be, I'm going through precinct by precinct and it takes a long time. Right. But at the same time, I've had a lot of success uh, door knocking. And uh, many people felt like they were voting blind because they did not have the voter book yet, which typically comes out before the primary. And yet, for whatever reason, Division of Elections has decided not to send that out till the end of October. It's kind of frustrating. But um, I've had many people that have uh, said when I've knocked on their door, wow, I'm so grateful to meet you now. I, I didn't really know anything about you, but uh, you have my support now, even though I'd voted for your opponent because uh, of the DR. I'm thrilled to be able to vote for you now and go ahead and put up a sign and i've had those conversations a lot i've had people that said hey just because you're here door knocking you have my support now because that really doesn't happen too much anymore from candidates and um so yeah i i've been able to target me and my campaign of where to focus i have people in the rural areas um reaching out door knocking getting out to their neighbors to increase my uh, voter turnout. We only had about 33% voter turnout. There's been a lot of people I've ran into that said, man, I'm bummed I didn't get to vote in the primary, but um, you know, the general's what matters and I'll be voting in that. And uh, I tell people, put it on your fridge, you know, my flyer I give them. So you don't, so you don't forget. And, uh, and yeah, so it's, I've I've been gaining a lot of momentum since, and uh, I'm actually really excited about that. So uh, yeah. Well, that's my initial reaction. Oh, there's and there's an independent in our race who soaked up a heck of a lot more than I think either of us thought that he would. And I actually met with the guy and uh, I I asked him if you've been campaigning. He said, I have done no campaigning. And I said, are you going to continue forward? Do you have a plan? And he said, yeah, I'm not dropping out, but I I'm not going to be campaigning. And I'm like, then what are you doing? Well, I'm just in there. <laughs> and and I looked closely at the precincts and his votes are primarily um, Democrats, people that don't want to vote for an R period. And so since the other two options for them apparently were an R, they have voted for an independent that is more libertarian than Democrat for sure. And yet they don't know a thing about him. They just, you know, see that he has an I behind his name instead of an R. Right. And so he got a lot of votes. Um, that uh, apparently didn't want to vote for an R. Um, I feel like that actually helps me and, and instead of hindering my chances because um, I'm the conservative and anyone who you know looks into the two of me and my opponent are going to realize, oh, okay, you know, Elijah's the conservative Republican endorsed by the party and therefore um, those Democrats probably wouldn't have voted for me. Um, and so I, I think that him staying in actually is keeping down the the percentage of my opponent instead of really hurting me too bad. So, uh, yeah, I didn't think that that uh, third person in there would do much. And yet uh, that percentage, 17 percent is a big percentage. That's, uh, again, I think holding down click and not and not my votes. Yeah, no, I I think it's uh, it's interesting. I think it was the last time that you and I talked that you said that uh, you'd gone out to a lot of these more rural areas. You were talking about places like Toke and everything else who were uh, where you did win those districts, and the commentary was that that many of these areas had not seen um, had not seen. Uh, uh, a candidate forever. They hadn't seen their senator forever, uh, and I think that's an interesting. Uh, I think that's an interesting tale. Uh, it, it shows in the results, I guess, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's very interesting. Um, 
so yeah, I've been yeah focusing on those uh, areas that I didn't do as well, and I just got tickets. I'm flying out to Galena shortly uh, next week, and that'll be uh, good to get up there and meet with a lot of those people. And uh, that's um, that's yeah, what I plan to do is just keeping at it and uh, get my ground game on, which I have been doing, and again, it's been very effective. Um, I want to talk um, here. I don't have time up before the next break to to jump. I got one topic that I want to get into, but let's let's uh, let's check in with your constituency. You've been doing the door knocking. You've gone door to door. You've obviously got a big group of volunteers that you've been talking about going door to door for you. What is the <clears throat> what is the overall concern from your constituency, especially those who are surprised to see you because they haven't seen somebody knock for a while? What is the number one issue that you seem to get? It seems to come up every time you start talking to people face to face. What is the most important? Is it PFD? Is it rank choice? Is it the economy? Is it the budget? What is it that most people seem to be concerned about? Well, that's a good question. Um, it definitely varies uh, Fairbanks versus outside of Fairbanks. But um, yeah, as I've been door knocking, I've probably knocked over 300, uh, yeah, over over 300 doors in Fairbanks already. Um, and uh, one of the things that resonates with almost everyone, um, and I knock on every door, you know, I don't skip the ones with the Democrats it's in front of them, and I knock on every door. And one thing that has um, definitely resonated well with everyone is uh, term limits. You know, um, 82% of Americans support term limits. I support term limits. That's right on my card. And it's a big problem with, you know, our legislature, our, you know, U.S. Uh, federal Congress. Uh, and it would fix a lot of problems if people uh, had to retire themselves or, you know, step down because of term limits. And we don't have that. And so, um, you know, telling people uh, I support term limits and, you know, the fact that my opponent has been in, the, in, in government already six years as a commissioner and then 10 years as a senator People are like, yeah, I, it's it's time to go, you know, and uh, and so that's been resonating well with everyone. In fact, when I just mentioned that and they're like, wow, 10 years already. Oh, my gosh. And they're not really satisfied with the business as usual. They're not really satisfied. A lot of them uh, in Fairbanks and outside of Fairbanks are very upset about the PFD. That's probably the number one thing that, um, you know, people talk about, on you know, in both rural and uh, urban part of my district. And, and so. Yeah, they've seen the business as usual, um, you know, take more for government, less for the people. And um, that's really hitting home with them now that they're starting to fill up their heating tanks again. And uh, and so, yeah, that's probably the the those two things. Term limits uh, has been a huge topic as well as um, uh, the PFD. If I could uh, um, if I could get a bill passed that I think would really help, it would be an eight year. Um, term limits. So that's two sessions as a state senator at four, four a piece and, uh, and four sessions for a house rep. And if you, um, if that was a law to where after eight years, you, if you can't get what you want done in eight years, it's probably time you step down and, and let someone else try. Um, and then I would write into that bill a break. So they have to at least sit a full session out. So two years as a rep or four years as a state senator. If they want to rerun after that, and if they're that popular to and successful to get back in, then kudos to them. But I think most would not be successful at that. And therefore, that would fix a lot of the complacency, the, the business as usual, the um, 
caucusing with the other side because you know you you've both become very moderate and to where you're voting for the same things and there's hardly a difference between you know the r's and the d's that's happened continually down there especially in the senate with bipartisan coalitions etc and uh, i think that that would help a lot of of the problems that we see down there is if there were there was term limits for eight years Elijah Verhagen is our guest, candidate for State Senate District R. We're going to continue with him in just a moment. You can find out more about him at verhagenforsenate.com. Jump on over there and uh, you can donate or get information, see his issues, get a sign, a volunteer, whatever you need to do. We're going to continue with more. It is The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Regularly heard on American radio. Michael All right, we're in the break right now. Elijah Verhagen is our guest. Uh, he's uh, um, uh, away for just a second here, and I will go back to the chat rooms and uh, take a look to see what you guys have been talking about. Want to remind you, of course, that uh, I will be. Uh, I will be gone on Monday uh, because of the holiday. So just a quick reminder if you're in the chat room right now. And if you're new to the chat room, don't forget to uh, also don't forget to make sure to share and like the program. Uh, Don't forget to like and follow our Facebook page. And if you're on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe and ring the bell. Uh, so that you get notifications when we go live. If you're on Facebook and you haven't liked us on YouTube yet, please do that as well. You can come right back to Facebook. You can come right back. I just, I, I'm trying to get, I've got almost 4,000 people following us on Facebook, but I'm struggling to get 1,000 people to subscribe on YouTube, which is what we need for the next big round of stuff is 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. So please make sure that you jump over there and uh, and do that for us. Okay, um, let's see. Uh, what are some of the other things? Uh, Bill says, uh, I like this young man, says Bill. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, going back through here. Um, uh, to me, it's uh, – Hawk says, to me, it's like they all support term limits until they get into office. Uh, we've seen that happen. We've seen some people say, I'm all for term limits, and then they get in there and they're like, well, really, this is a learning process, and you need to be in here and get seniority, and this is all the things you need to do, and yada, yada. We know that that's not necessarily <laughs> the way people uh, – uh, uh, the way people get their stuff done. Uh, we posted the donation site. Again, it's verhagenforsenate.com. You can go out there and talk about that. Um, <clears throat> this is the issue that I'm going to be talking about with Elijah when we get back, and that is that Elijah has been endorsed by his district while Click Bishop was censured by the district, yet the ARP, the Alaska Republican Party, decided to give Bishop money in that race and gave nothing to um and gave nothing to Elijah which uh, again see we talked we've talked about this at length yesterday uh in fact the only opponent that received money was Mike Shower's opponent it seems like somebody's trying to squeeze somebody out seems like somebody's trying to feather the feather the nest and get uh and get uh, uh you know more people um uh, in there that are the business as usual crowd. 
So it's a good uh, – uh, th- this is a this going to be a good topic when we get to it here in just a few moments. Um, let's see. Hawk also says, um, it gives me hope seeing these bright young people get into politics. I agree. I agree. It does give me hope as well. Harold says he can't find the campaign site. Well, I posted it three times in the chat room. Let me post it one more time just because, uh, in case you can't find it, you can click right. You can just click right on it. It's right there. Uh, Damien says, uh, oh, on YouTube, he says 347 subs now. It was 343. Thank you, Damien. Appreciate you giving me the update. Yeah, 347 subscriptions. I'm all, I only need to get to 1,000. I mean, only 1,000. That's all. It's a lift from here, but we'll uh, we'll get uh, we'll get on board with that here in just a minute. Um, all right, uh, let's see. Is there any other questions? Elijah's back with us here. Um, oh, you're Sage. Somebody's giving you campaign advice. You need to talk to fifty people per day. Given this, you'll talk to two thousand people before the election. If you're knocking on doors, I imagine that you're going to see probably close to that for sure. I know that when I ran for borough assembly. Uh, the days that I went out and knocked, it was at least 100 to 200 a day that I was going out and seeing. It's a lengthy process, but it is rewarding in its own way, Elijah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, real quick to respond to uh, Hawk, I think, his question. You know, I, I'm i not new to working in Juno. Um, a lot of people are uh, when they run for office, but I have worked in Juno as a staffer for seven sessions. and And so... I have seen uh, many a time people get in there and they, um, you're right, at first they, they're trying to figure things out. It takes them usually a session or two Hold on a second. to figure hold, things out. Hold on a second, Elijah. I'm sorry. We're coming up on the, we've got a hard, hard sink here. We've got to come back in. We'll let you finish this question here. We'll repeat it and get it back to people so you can answer it. We're going to continue the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Here we go. All right, we're continuing now. Elijah Verhagen is our guest uh, on the program, GOP state uh, Senate candidate for District R up in the interior, formerly District A. Uh, And we're diving back into this. During the break, uh, somebody made a comment because Elijah had talked about term limits. uh, He said this is something that many people say, many politicians say, and then when they get down there, it's like it's a changing tune. I'm paraphrasing here, but that's essentially what he said. And Elijah wanted to respond to that. So uh, let's uh, let's get back into it with Elijah and see, you know, what it is. What are you saying about that, Elijah? You're not a newcomer to this. You you've been involved in this for a while. What uh, what are your thoughts on people who say term limits are the thing until they get down to Juno? Oh, there we go. There we go. Hear me? Yep, I can hear you now. Yeah, so um, just responding to that, you're right. It's super frustrating how many people are like, hey, you know, I support term limits, and then they get in there and then they change their tune. Um, I will not be doing that. I uh, am not new to this as far as working down in Juneau. I, I do construction. That's my career. But um, in the winter in Fairbanks, when it slows down, it's enabled me to go down and work sessions there. And I've worked seven sessions for four different legislators. And I've carried legislation and everything else that I've seen. Time and time again, when legislators will get elected, they'll come in. They don't really know what they're doing. They'll uh, they'll hire staffers from this big resume pool that the that they have, 
And, uh, and a lot of times the staffers have these can't do attitudes and, oh, you know, uh, this hasn't been done before. It doesn't mean you can't do it, but, oh, well, that's hard. Or, oh, I don't know. You might not get reelected if you do that. And, and who cares? You know, the thing is that kills a lot of ingenuity and a lot of new ideas that people get elected that go it down there and, and have. Um, but, but that's not new to me. I've been down there, like I said, and, and so I am going to be pushing for term limits now, you know, trying to get the people that term limits affect to vote for it. That's the struggle. But um, I do think that a lot of our problems would be solved if after eight years, you couldn't just sit in your district and keep getting reelected. You know, people like Bryce Edgman have been in there forever and, you know, no one ever cares to run against them, you know, because they're worried about losing. And and so largely a lot of these areas, they just don't have a choice and the people just keep getting elected and therefore, you know, expecting different results is <laughs> it's like, OK, you're just going to keep on getting the similar, you know, business as usual results. So anyways, um, yeah, I will be fighting for, for term limits. Um, um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to talk about that next topic. Okay. Uh, yeah. Cause just so that folks know the next topic, uh, of course, is just kind of a uh, continuation of our discussion from earlier this week when we were talking about, uh, when we were talking about the donations by the Alaska Republican party to certain candidates, uh, in both the house and the Senate and the outrage that many of us felt about the distribution of, uh, donations to Senate candidates. And specifically we were talking about about uh, what looked like an attack on Mike Shower by giving his opponent money as well. But we pointed out that in this case, um, uh, they had also given money to Click Bishop, who, again, uh, Elijah has been endorsed by the district. Click Bishop was censored by the district. And Click is significantly ahead, and yet they still gave him $1,000, did not give any money to Elijah, even though he's also a Republican in the race. And uh, this this has all the earmarks of protectionism for the good old boy club. Uh, I want to get your take on this. Have you seen the list? You understand what we're talking about here, Elijah? Give us your thoughts on this. Yes, I was beyond frustrated. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, not only did they give the guy that has probably at this point $100,000 of special interest money you know, they gave him a thousand dollars like he needs that. First of all, okay. He's been chartering private jets for almost five grand to fly around to some of these villages. Whereas I'm buying a single ticket on rights air surface and flying around to get to my constituents. You know, he, he's got money and for them to give him a thousand dollars when he's been censured by not only district 36, but also district 34 censured him district 33 censured him. Um, Four of the six districts in the interior have endorsed me and a fifth, uh, their chair. He hasn't set up a, a meeting yet, but he um, endorsed me and supports me. So uh, five out of the six districts and they all get steamrolled by the, uh, you know, this targeting committee for this, the Senate campaign funds. Um, when those people just ignore what the people in our area and our district and our interior area want, um, it's, it's sends a, a message that they don't care what we think, right. they, uh, you know, here in the Fairbanks area. And that outraged a lot of people and it really outraged me. Um, so again, yeah, giving him money is like, okay, who are you protecting him from in a, in a race where it could go to a Democrat, you know, um, 
some people would say, oh, well, any R is better than a D, you know, even though I kind of disagree with that. But, um, <laughs> you know, when the when an R is going to vote over and over like a D, then it's like, OK, what's the difference? You know, um, but when they uh, choose to protect him by giving him money, protect him from who losing to who from me, the endorsed, you know, candidate, not only that, but endorsed by the state central committee, which is um, a lot of the district chairs statewide or all the district chairs statewide. Um, and so when I have that endorsement, he does not, and he's been censured. And then they, they try to protect him from me by giving him money. It was just, uh, man, it was quite a, a blow. And so therefore I, uh, I, I reached out to the party, uh, and I was like, guys, you know, what, what on earth? And, uh, you know, I wasn't really satisfied with what I was told. However, they, they did say that there's some money left and I might be able to get some of that. Okay. Wait a second. Um, wait I, a have second. All, I have to write a whole plan. I have I'm, to do all this work that, you know, Click didn't even ask for this money, right. let alone submit a plan of how, you know, and, and they give him this money. And yet now I have to submit this detailed plan. And it didn't just happen to me. You know, it happened to Heath Smith running against um, Gary Stevens. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And it happened. Yeah. They gave money to, to Mike showers, you know, opponent. And I'm like, okay, at least they gave a bunch of money to Jim Matherly to beat Scott Kawasaki. You know, that was like the one thing I kind of, you know, was yay. But, you know, they, they gave money to David Wilson to protect him from Republicans. From two it's other, just, yeah, that was a Republican seat. They got three candidates. They're all Republicans, and they gave him a significant amount, 3000 uh, bucks on yeah. that one. But I want to roll back here for just a second. Uh, you said you weren't really satisfied with the response. I'm interested to hear what was the response when you reached out to them and said this to them. Well, that that was the response is, well, we don't know if, I mean, you need to fundraise more on your own. And I'm like. All of my money has been me fundraising on my own. You know, I don't have uh, union bosses and, and you know, uh, special interest money coming in from Anchorage and all this other stuff. I don't have that. All of my money has come from the people, um, minus uh, a small donation from my uh, district of Republicans. And uh, and so I was like, OK, well, I'll keep on fundraising. However, yeah, the, they're, they said, you know, write up a plan, a very detailed plan of how you can make up you know, the, the, the difference and when, and if we like that, then we'll give you some money. And I'm just, again, I'm like, wow. Okay. Uh, we, okay. We used to have until recently, we used to have in our rules that if one candidate is endorsed in a race and the other R is not endorsed, that they shall not get any funds. And they, that those rules were conveniently changed within the past I don't know, <laughs> recently. And uh, I was just like, okay, wow, we're conveniently now changing the rules, which make perfect sense. You know, if, if someone's been censured and if someone is not endorsed, then you shall give the money to the endorsed, the endorsed Republican candidate. And all of a sudden we're, uh, even though those rules might've just recently changed, uh, it still seems very unethical to be giving the money to the person who is not endorsed and it has not and has been censured. And is, yeah, it's, is in it's, fact censured. It's yeah. the will of the, the Republican leadership here at the, at the ground level up in our districts. And so, yeah, I, I and that that same thing was told to to Heath. You know, now we have to do all this extra homework of submitting detailed plans, which might fall into the our opponent's hands of our detailed plans, which I'm a little worried about because I feel like I get copied on everything I do. And so I even have to be careful what I tell you what I, my plans are, because 
next thing I know it, you know, someone else is doing the exact same area or same things that I'm doing. And it's very frustrating. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, it's, that's very concerning. And I feel like it, I'm fighting for the principles and the platform of the Republican party. That is my, my core beliefs, what I believe in. And, uh, and that's why you got to be careful not to have faith in people, but faith in the principles and the values that our party stands for. This is one of the things that I said, the party has become part of the problem. The party is uh, definitely, uh, uh, you know, I think uh, contributing to this and uh, definitely there needs to be some house cleaning going on as far as I'm concerned, uh, watching for, again, from the outside, I have no, no dog in that fight. I'm a libertarian. So, uh, but I think it's definitely important. Um, I'm coming down to the end of this segment, but I want to hold you on here for a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about the policies and things like that. Uh, your reaction to the ranked choice voting and more. Let's do that real quick. We'll just do a quick uh, couple minutes here on the outcome of the congressional race, your thoughts on the effect of ranked choice voting and your thoughts uh, if you go in as a senator, you know, what? how will you be looking at that when we go through? Good question. Um, yesterday showed us the dire need to as quickly as possible repeal uh, ranked choice voting if we can as a legislature. Um, it, it passed by 1% overnight and it's a lot of people didn't know what they were voting on and it is it's definitely and it's proved just yesterday it's a path to get more democrats and moderates elected in the state that is typically 60 between 60 and 65 percent um republican and um and so yeah i was very surprised yesterday i ranked the red um and i did not circle um uh Mary. And, and, but yet apparently there were a lot of people that didn't rank the red and, um, and therefore now we, you know, our lone congressional seat is going to be held by someone that really doesn't represent the values of most of Alaskans. And that's very concerning. Um, luckily we have a second chance at this in November, so let's get it right. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was very alarming and, and we need to do what we can to, um, in my opinion, repeal ranked choice voting as soon as possible. I, I just do not think it actually accurately represents um, the majority of, of Alaskans. Yeah, I, we've talked to several uh, candidates and several uh, uh, legislators who have said the same thing, that there were many people out there who didn't understand what they were voting for. Um, I've spoken to people who voted for it, who I would have assumed would have voted against it, and I asked them why, and they said, well, of course, it's to get rid of dark money. That's what it was all about, right? And then they were horrified to discover that, no, uh, because they hadn't done the research, they didn't realize it was a fundamental change to our entire voting system. And so, yeah, I think that there will be a lot of support for a change to that. And I hope that we get enough candidates in there who are willing to change that and uh, and and take that on. I think that's important. Uh, uh, yeah. And also real quick, um, it it it, it took off the cap of five hundred dollars per donor so um, per, to, to a candidate. So now we have rich individuals that could donate unlimited amounts of money. And, and yet, instead of people having to work to get more smaller donations from people, their voters, now they can be funded by wealthy friends or them, you know, and, and that is also very concerning because that's not accurately in my, you know, estimation portraying how people uh, in the district feel just because people outside of the district that are wealthy can fund a candidate. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, uh, Elijah Verhagen. 
Uh, hold the line here. Elijah Verhagen, our guest, uh, candidate for Senate District R. We're up against the break. We're going to take one final break and we'll come back and we'll keep Elijah with us here for a few more minutes. The Michael Duke Show continues. We've got uh, that coming up. Don't forget tomorrow's Firearms Friday. And don't forget, you can always join us during the commercial breaks if you'd like. Um, we love paying bills, but if you want to see behind the scenes, we're available on Facebook and YouTube and Twitch and also on the audio-only live stream at MichaelDukeShow.com. We'll be back with more and Elijah Verhagen in just a moment. We're broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these uh, entities to provide streaming stuff going on, on, the, on the Internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, uh, we're in the uh, break right now. Elijah Verhagen is our guest. I'm looking at the comments to see if there was any questions. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh Randy says, I think it was wrong for the district to censure Bishop. It's okay to disagree with him, but he should not be censured unless he votes to take away actual freedoms from Alaskans, such as what Lisa Murkowski did, yada, yada, yada. That is the prerogative of the districts. That is the prerogatives of the districts to say you are not exercising our will. Um, I mean, that's a stopgap against – I mean, these are citizen legislators. They're supposed to be fulfilling the will of their constituency, not walking down there and saying, you poor, poor, pitiful children, you just don't understand. We understand better than you how life should be run. And so you should just do what we want to say. That's what that's all about. That's what, I mean, Elijah, that's, I mean, censure is, is, is key in these districts for people who are not exercising the will of the constituency. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. And not only that, I would respond to Randy. He, Senator Bishop, he was censured for several things, but he was taking away, voting to take away the people's money repeatedly with the PFD. That's really important and crucial you know um and also he voted shot down bills that would have protected state employees from not having to get a vaccine for them to continue their work and even though luckily the state did not enforce that um they easily could have and this bill that he shot down would have um guaranteed that the state could not um mandate or or force people state workers to have to get a vaccine or else you know be fired and so that is trampling on people's rights um and as both of those things were referenced in this censure um about going against the party platform some of the principles that we stand for um uh, also you know shooting down the protection that was in uh that they were trying to put in there to keep critical race theory from being taught in our schools. That was also in the censure, and he voted to shut that down. So those, all those three things are very important. Now, also recently, you know, I, I've, I found out he voted against Senator Shelley Hughes's bill that, um, and, and helped can it um, by tabling it that uh, would have protected women and, and girls in their sports from biological males competing against them in Alaska. You know, um, that's an attack on women, in my opinion. And in many people's opinions, so that's not a conservative thing or Republican thing to do to say, you know, OK, dudes can compete against girls because they feel like a girl. That is completely unfair to the, the girls and the women you know, of the state. And, and so th these are just not Republican things to be doing and voting on.
Right. No, absolutely. And I think it is a tool in the arsenal of the committees and of the districts to be able to voice their displeasure. That's uh, that's, you know. That's that's what's going on. Um, I want to deal dive down into in this next segment. I want to talk about some policies and what you would uh, tackle uh, going into the legislature first thing. What you would be looking at, um, and I would. Uh, I mean, I'd like to hear your thoughts on size and scope of government, where we can, you know, where we can cut, what we need to be looking at, what is going to be your target, and maybe kind of your road for the first uh, for the first session here as to what directions you are going, um, and. Uh, <clears throat> I, I, we're gonna we're gonna tackle that here when we get back. Uh, uh, can I say here. something real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Um, I am going out hunting, <laughs> um, so I do have probably about uh, yeah seven or eight minutes, you know, left. So okay. just FYI. Okay. Well, we're about two minutes from returning, so we'll have about uh, five six minutes with you here before we got to let you go. Perfect. Um, and, but yeah, I'll be happy to talk about. What are you stuff. What are you hunting for? Everybody wants to know now. What are you What are you What are you jumping uh, off? Moose. For? Yeah, going moose. for moose. Okay. All right. Um, all right. All I All I can say is bring me the tongue. That's all. Like <laughs> I haven't had a moose tongue sandwich in about eight years. I'm ready. I'm ready for a, I'm ready for another good one here. Um, all right. Uh, scrolling backwards here to see if there's any questions. If you have a question for Elijah, now is the time to ask it. And I will get it up in front of him before we return to the radio. Uh, again, you can go over to his website, which I have posted, but I'll post it one more time in the chat room here. Verhagen for Senate.com. Verhagen for Senate.com. And you can find his uh, issues. You can find his platform, uh, his donation, when his events are. Uh, and uh, his message to uh, his message to you as constituents, that's where you need to go and uh, and uh, and take a look at uh, get all the information again. Verhagen for Senate uh, dot com. Um, okay, let's see. What's your uh, here's Harold. Okay, here's a good one. Harold says, "What's your opinion on a woman's right to make their own health care decisions?" We got about forty five seconds. You can do that quickly or slowly, whatever you want to do. Um, I would say, Harold, uh, that they should have their right to make their own health care decisions. However, if you're referring to abortion, I do not believe that at that point, that's not health care. That is taking the life of an innocent baby. Um, the choice comes before that. Um, I, I am and I don't hear any too many other Republicans running that I know of that are against birth control. You know, we should be doing everything we can to prevent unwanted pregnancies and not terminate pregnancies once they are conceived okay. and therefore yes that's not health care that's, that's in my opinion that's murder so uh, yes they should have the right for health care um here we go here we go here we go All right, we're back. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. We've only got about five or six minutes here uh, with Elijah Verhagen, so I want to get right back into it here and dive in and say, you know, policies, procedures. What's your first session look like, Elijah? What you know? What are your priorities going in here? Um, government too big, government too small. You know, g- give us a snapshot here of what you're going to be focusing on in your first session. Awesome, thank you. So, um, a lot of things actually. Uh, I want to carry a, a bill to that I carried before as a staffer for Dave Tallarico years ago that never got all the way through that is really crucial for our district and for the state. Um, and that was a fish uh, restoration bill, salmon restoration bill. 
Um, we, everyone knows that we've had fish declining populations and we really, we all love salmon and we need more natural fish. So there's a bill that I carried that would get us more natural fish. That's a bill that I plan to carry. Um, I, I'm very pro-life and now with Roe versus Wade being overturned, it's the time for us to really either, if I'm not, I think it'd be better to work with, um, you know, Representative Vance or another woman maybe being the prime sponsor of, uh, of a bill state protecting life, but I fully, uh, intend to help and, and be pushing that. Um, I, uh, plan to do what I can to help, uh, the missing, uh, missing people in my district problem. There's currently a bill, Senate bill 63 that my opponent had, um, it had some issues with it and therefore it was not really pushed. Um, however, you know, there was a whole session that it could have been reworked. And that is something that's very crucial. You know, we've had a lot of people go missing specifically in my district and, and that's a huge need. And so I I've talked with, um, people that helped craft the original bill recently and they're working on, uh, fixing the errors. And that's something I would like to carry because it's important. Um, I'm going to be focusing on, um, being, Fiscally conservative, just because the state now is making a lot of money doesn't mean we should now be overspending. We should be refilling our CBR. We should be uh, doing what we can to stay conservative as far as fiscally, but at the same time, not conservative with the people's PFD. And so pushing for um, a full statutory PFD is also what I'm going to be doing this session. So, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of uh, things that I could keep going on, but those are some important highlights for me. Um, that I'm going to be focusing on. And then also just really listening to my people throughout all the areas and doing what I can to help the people in Fairbanks. Um, you can support the university, which I support UAF, without promising extra and endless amounts of money that we that we just don't have. But that doesn't mean that I don't support UAF. I graduated from there. So uh, that's important to a lot of people, uh, you know, and it's important to me. Um, so yeah, there's, these are a lot of things that I'll be looking into. Um, I have a meet and greet coming up on Friday as well, uh, this Friday night. So tomorrow night, uh, 6 to 8 p.m. at Food Factory in Fairbanks. So uh, please come on out. That's um, again, Friday night, tomorrow night, 6 to 8 p.m. I had a root beer float uh, meet and greet thing in Enana last night. That was great. Um, had a good turnout and uh, good conversations there. Um, but yeah, that's on my website, the date and time at verhagenforsenate.com. And uh, yeah, uh, I'm going out moose hunting and I wish all the hunters luck uh, today. <laughs> um, but our moose population is another thing I'm going to be looking at and seeing what I can do to help because it's been declining. Right. And there are ways that we can help uh, help that. And, and so I'm going to be talking with Fishing Game on that. Um, we all, we all love moose and that's something that we depend on. And so, um, yeah, lots of, lots of important things that are way overdue that really need to be looked at. Okay. Uh, final question on the con con you for or against, I can't remember if we discussed this before you for or against uh, opening up the constitution to fix some of the issues, judicial picks and PFDs and spending cap and things like that. Are you for or against that quickly before we go? Yeah. So I originally, I was like, yes, we need it, you know, and right now I'm still leaning towards yes, but at the same time, I'm not fully sure yet because I'm still slightly worried. You know, we, we elect legislators thinking they're going to do what we elected them to do. And then they don't do that. And that's my main worry is, you know, 
we elect or we, we, we send these people to the con constitutional convention and they might change a lot more in there than we are hoping them for them to do. So still, yes, right now I'm leaning towards yes, for sure. But I'm, I'm, I'm looking a little bit deeper and doing what I can to make sure that we, we don't have, uh, some, uh, delegates going rogue <laughs> and doing what they want instead of what the people that sent them there want. All right, Elijah Verhagen, Verhagen for Senate.com, tomorrow night, 6 to 8 p.m. Food Factory in Fairbanks. Yep. People can find out about it. They can go to your site. They can donate or get everything else. Uh, Elijah, thank you so much for coming on board. Good luck uh, with hunting the bullwinkle today. Uh, we hope you bag a big one, and uh, we appreciate you coming on board and joining us today. Thank you so much. Have a good day. All right. Uh, Elijah Verhagen, our guest here on the Michael Duke Show. Um, we are coming down to the wire here at the end of the show. I've got about five minutes. Um, is that enough time for phone calls? I I suppose it's enough time for phone calls. I guess we'll go ahead and uh, I guess we'll go ahead and open up the phone lines if you want to sound off on something. Otherwise, I'm just going to continue to talk about the election results uh, and ranked choice voting. Uh, and Thanks for calling the call in line with Mike. Uh, what it's brought to us and uh, you know what <laughs> the surprise. I, again, I think that there was a lot of myself included. I thought for sure that I knew it was going to be close, but I thought for sure that there would be enough secondary votes coming in from um, Mark Baggage, or excuse me, Nick Baggage, <laughs> Nick Baggage uh, to Sarah that that would have uh, fixed the problem. Um, but unfortunately, here we are looking at the numbers and seeing that part of this uh, all comes from the fact that, I mean, 20 percent of Nick Baggage's second votes, they just didn't vote for another candidate. 11,222 ballots were exhausted in round two, meaning they didn't vote for anybody else. They were one and done. And well, now, whether that was because they just dislike Sarah so much, or they didn't understand, or they just didn't know, I can't be sure. Uh, I mean, 28% of his secondary votes, almost a full 29%, almost a full third went to Mary Peltola. Is that because they thought he was a Democrat and they voted for her as the second one? I, or is it because they just dislike Palin so much that they wanted to vote for the, I, I have no way of knowing, but I can see that simply with the voters who were bullet voters, who voted one and done, if they had ranked Palin instead of not taking that second choice, we'd be having a totally different conversation this morning. And uh, like I said, I think people are going to be analyzing this race specifically for quite a while and uh, taking a look at it. Let's go over to the phones and see what you guys have to say this morning at 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150, The Michael Duke Show. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Michael, this is Bubba from Fairbanks. Hello, Bubba. What's on your mind, sir? Well, the, the only question I have is the con-con. All I'm hearing on the radio, this station, um, is vote no on the con-con. Who is out there supporting vote yes on the con-con? Because they're not getting their word out. All well, you're hearing is how bad it's going to be because it's going to open up the uh, con uh, Constitution to changing the permanent fund, changing this. Well, we've already, they already changed the permanent fund. But who's who's on the side of yes on con con for 
a lobby group? Well, that's it's a good question. I mean, there's a lot of us who are in favor of it, but we don't have an organized group. I mean, the group that is the the Defend Our Constitution group, that's the name of the group that's putting out all those advertisements. I mean, that's a group of business as usual people. It's chaired by Kathy Giesel and uh, John Coghill. You got Bruce Patello in there. You got Luke Hopkins. You could just look at it. It's a who's who of big government spend is all about the no on the con-con. And they have been funded primarily by the NEA, the IBEW, and by the 1630 Project. And all you have to do is go look at those groups and understand what they stand for. And it's all about the government spend. That's And they had, I mean, look at the last reporting, they had 300 and plus thousand dollars to, uh, to, to do what they wanted to do. So that's how they're getting it out there. If we want to get the CONCON passed, we need to, you know, somebody needs to put together a group that we can all get behind, donate money to, and get the word out. But unfortunately, nobody's stepped up to the plate quite yet to uh, to get that done. Well, okay, you answered the question. I just hope, you know, I'm certainly not the guy to get it organized, that's for sure, but I need to get some money to somebody that... I don't have much. Right. We need to get it opened up. Yeah, absolutely. All right. We need to protect Thank you, Bubba. I appreciate your call. Yeah, I mean, it would be, you know, people say, well, Mike, why don't you do it? Well, I mean, you know, I have to draw the line somewhere. 15 hours a day is about where I draw the line. So I can't can't do that anymore. But I'm hoping that somebody would want to come together and do this. Uh, I was thinking Mike Shower was going to do it until his race turned into a real slog fest. So we'll see what happens. Um, but that's it for today, folks. We are out of time. Thank you for coming on board and joining us. Special thanks to Satellite West for sponsoring this hour of the program. You can find out more about them over at SatelliteWest.com for all your satellite communications, texts, emails, internet, cellular, satellite telephone, the whole thing. SatelliteWest.com. Be kind. Love one another. Live well. We will see you tomorrow for Firearms Friday. All right, my friends, uh, we got to go. We got to, got to, got to go. More things happening this morning. I appreciate all of you coming on board again. I will ask you one more time, if you haven't gone over to uh, YouTube and uh, subscribed and rang the bell, I would appreciate it if you would do that. Thank you so much for joining us. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Have a great day, folks. We will see you tomorrow.
shed our terrestrial radio skin. And now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show.